Steelers fix is back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Andrew Wilbar, alongside, as always, Jeremy Betts, talking with you fantasy football and Pittsburgh Steelers. Jeremy, how's it going today? Man, it's going fantastic. All done with work. Just laying around the house, looking at fantasy football stuff, and uh, excited to talk about it. Now, Jeremy and I were recording a little bit earlier uh, this time. We're recording in the middle of... Uh, we're recording on Thursday night, so this is a, a little bit earlier than what we generally record, but with the 4th of July coming, I believe, Jeremy, you said that you're going somewhere this weekend? Yes, um, actually, tomorrow night, so Friday night uh, after work, we're making an eight-hour drive from Asheville, North Carolina, up to Ohio, where my wife is from. I'm going to spend the 4th of July uh, with my wife's family and uh, just get to see them again, let them see our little one. I think they might have... Only- um, the people that live up there have only seen her maybe one time before in person. So it'll be neat to go back up there where she's from and uh, visit her uh, old church and uh, get to see her family uh, and just have a fun 4th of July weekend. My wife's birthday is also uh, on the second. So we'll get to celebrate that up there with her family. Awesome. What part of Ohio is she from again? She's from uh, central uh, Ohio, Columbus okay. area. Okay. Um, so a little south of Columbus is where she actually grew up in a little town called Baltimore, Ohio, actually. Okay. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, about, so yeah, that's about three hours south or yeah, about three hours south of where I'm at in Southeast Michigan. So um, I have no, I have no desire to go down near the Columbus area for obvious reasons, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's a relatively nice area and stuff. Just it's flat, but it is Very. a nice, a nice area. Lots of cornfields. Yes, very much so. We I just got back from the UP. Uh, I went up to Sault Ste. Marie, saw Taquamanon Falls in Paradise, Michigan. Uh, there's some very picturesque places, but it's just very secluded when you're not at one of those highlight areas in the, just the normal city. It's just very secluded, not a whole lot of people. I just didn't like that aspect of it. Then we came down back to the Lower Peninsula, went to Petoskey, which was a really nice city. It's actually one of the top tourist attractions in the state of Michigan. Um, the downtown area was really nice. Um, got a tour of one of their big ice cream places. Oh, actually it wasn't really a tour. We ended up having to kind of do it ourselves. They offered free mm-hmm. tours, but not when we went. So we kind sure. of had to give ourselves the tour, but they had some information on the wall and stuff. It was just a really nice. Um, and then also downtown, I tried one of their pretzel places, which have you ever had Auntie Anne's pretzels, which is kind of the national chain um yep. <laughs> uh, pretzels they're very similar to Indians, except a little bit fresher in my opinion they were fantastic pretzels man a good um, hot pretzels something else man i'll tell you that absolutely uh so it was a nice little trip got to do a lot of things in just a short period of time now back here just got back this afternoon but um it's been a good week um for those of you listening i'll wish a late fourth of a happy fourth of july to you all uh for us a little bit early right now um but always great to celebrate um, just a great day in our nation's history. Um, just so thankful for the heritage that we have as Americans so that we can talk things like fantasy football. Jeremy, that's right. How, how many fantasy leagues are you in this year? I know you do a lot. Oh, man. So let me let me count here. I'm doing two dynasty leagues. I'm doing. I think eight redrafts uh, right now, and that's a. Uh, that's not including a couple that I was hoping to get back into. So, oh man, I, it's probably way more than I need to, but it's probably going to end up being around 
uh, 10 or 11 total leagues. See, I used to do that many. I can't anymore with college, <laughs> but I'm sure. I'm in more than what I expected to this year. I'm in the one that you uh, sent me an invite for the Dynasty yep. League. I'm in the mm-hmm. other Dynasty League that I invited you into. Um, and then I've got my one league with my old. It it used to, it started off as my old teen boys Sunday school class. Okay. Uh, but then it just kind of merged into just older church members. Those that are just like scared around the country, just friends of ours. It's just sure. become kind of a, just a mesh together league. Yeah, uh, but yeah. We still get, we still do a draft every year. Cool. Um, usually it's an earlier draft. Um, and then we have the BTSC fantasy league, uh, which I wanted right. to let the listeners know. I think we're going, I've decided that we're going to, m- split off into two leagues this year. Last year we did one 16 team league. Um, and it was fun. It was a different strategy than normal. Cause the players, oh, yeah. it got dry really quickly. Very but, deep. <laughs> yeah. But I think this year we're going to try to merge. We're going to unmerge. We're going to go into two leagues. Uh, and we are going to give you all an opportunity by listening to the Steelers fix podcast, uh, an opportunity to join either Jeremy's league or my league. Uh, so we'll give more information on that. I haven't even talked to Jeremy about it yet. Um, everything's just been so busy this week, but we're going to get some more information out to you on that in the coming weeks. Ooh, um, my hope is next week. Uh, but Jeremy, last year, I remember you stealing Sam Darnold from me. Uh, I, and sure did. I was, you know, I, w- I was so frustrated at the time. I had waited way too long to get a quarterback. Um, and in a 16-team league, that is a killer if you miss out on one. Mm. Uh, but th- there were like five times. I even did a video. It was pretty much based on all the players that Jeremy stole from me. There were a few other things I threw in there that were kind of surprises. <laughs> but like every single pick he stole, uh, he was picking right, uh, right before me, I think, uh, right in the draft. Yeah, I think it was like two picks or something like that before yep. you on – uh, before it would snake, obviously, but it just right. seemed like every time it snaked back to where I was ahead that we had the same player in mind and uh, ended up taking several uh, off your board, it sounded like. so. Yes, definitely. You know, the thing about... Is that why you're sending me to a second to a different league this year? <laughs> uh, you just don't want that <laughs> no, to happen anymore. I mean, I mean, if you want me to, I could ask Shannon White. He can run that one. No, uh, no, I don't I don't want to be in your league anymore either. So we'll, <laughs> right, do, we'll separate this out. <laughs> all right, well, whatever. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> league is a little bit more competitive. Michigan's are oh, the O-word team. Um, we already know. Yes, we do. Hail <laughs> to the victors. Um, let's move on. Uh, um, <laughs> going to the different okay see i'm reading jeremy's notes usually when you know we take turns hosting and stuff usually i try to come up with some of the outline of what we're going to talk about jeremy mm. did all of this today did um, all the work just, yep yeah he did all the heavy <laughs> lifting um so i'm just kind of going off his notes but the next thing that we wanted to talk about was just the different varieties there are so many options in fantasy football um yeah, and man. i was just last year introduced to sleeper uh which is a phenomenal fantasy site. Don't care for the actual layout and design on the screen. You see uh, not the easiest on the eyes and easiest to control, but in terms of settings, Jeremy, there are oh, so yeah. many things you can do from trading draft picks, setting salary caps, yep. trading. I mean, you can trade draft picks and redraft leagues, which is something I wanted to do with my league forever. I'm very tempted to just move my league to sleeper, but Jeremy, what, what things, what websites, what things do you like the most about just the variety in terms of fantasy football? Sure. I think I use, um, Four different platforms currently. I use Yahoo. I use 
ESPN, that's probably my favorite. Um, and then NFL.com and Sleeper. Sleeper's up there, though, with ESPN. I love how they lay out their drafts, um, like just being able to see the the snake of the draft and how it works and who's been taken already. Uh, just at a quick glance, you know, in a lot of leagues you got to – or in a lot of uh, uh, host sites, you got to look up the, the team that's drafting and who they've taken already or – uh, go to a different screen to see what's already taken place. And uh, with Sleeper, you just see it all right there in front of you. You see who's coming up next. You can add players to your queue. I really enjoy that. But I think as far as varieties go, I'm, I'm really enjoying um, these dynasty leagues that I'm in. Uh, this is my second year in the one that I uh, created, the one that you joined this year, uh, taking over for uh, one of my brothers, actually. And um, so – I'm enjoying that. I like the aspect of the the GM feel to it. Like you're the general manager. You have the control over this roster, over how it builds, how it moves forward um, throughout the years. Not just you draft this year, you play this year, and then you got to re- restart next year. I like that aspect to it. One of the ones that I'm hoping to get into this year um, are some of the best ball tournaments. Have you? Do you play any best ball fantasy? I haven't, and I'm not super familiar with it. If you could educate me a little bit on that. Oh, man, it looks really neat. I, I've i been doing a little bit of research on it because it's just uh, – it's a, it's a chance to draft a lot, basically, and not have to stay that involved with the team throughout oh, the yes. season. Yes, yes. I was actually in one last year. I totally sure. forgot about it. The Fantasy Headliners, they did one yeah. – um, I believe on sleeper. No, it wasn't yeah, on sleeper. No, it was um fan tracks. That's what it was. Fan tracks. Okay. Um, they did it on there. Uh, I don't even remember what happened with the team because I never checked on it afterward. But yeah, that right. is awesome yeah. because you're literally you can choose whatever players you want for the most part, depending on kind of the best ball. Um, but in just a general best ball league, I, I like how you can literally just draft anyone. But you're pretty much basing it on potential because in some of them you're drafting you know like four quarterbacks you know six receivers six you know whatever and so so you can pretty much draft on potential because all you need is so many to actually have a good week it doesn't have to be all of them right you're you're just trying to you're basically trying to get as much upside for your roster as possible because you don't have to set a lineup it's going to take the top scorers from your entire roster and plug them into their into those holes as you go so uh, typically, it's like one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, two tight ends, a couple flex spots, um, and sometimes you'll do defense, special teams, and uh, a kicker. But in a lot a lot of cases, it's just like quarterbacks, tight ends, uh, running backs, and wide receivers. And so, like I was looking into it, and you want to like if you're doing a tournament style one, then you want to uh, try to get yourself a a chance at some stacks so like quarterback wide receiver running backs of certain teams so that way if you get into the tournament setting which takes place after the first 13 weeks of the season so you get like the first 13 weeks and if you if you rank in the top whatever then you move on to another uh to another round in week 14 and then after that it's like one week rounds so you need big points um out of a a much smaller field and so when you get these 
So part of your draft strategy at the beginning of the year is thinking about what you're going to need at the end of the year. And it's just really neat to, to kind of go through that. So I would recommend if you are interested in learning more about best ball, you go to um, ESPN's uh, fantasy focus podcast and check out um, what those guys did uh, kind of explaining how to draft the strategies around there. Uh, and as Andrew and I get f- more familiar with, with this type of format, I think we're going to try to, to get you some more information on that as well, but just a really neat way to, to draft and then not have to be so heavily involved on a, on a week to week basis, but to also enjoy the fruits of your draft and how well you did in it. And in other words, a college student special. That's exactly uh, that, right. <laughs> yes. Um, we were talking a minute about the fantasy headlines. I brought them up and you were talking about um, the fantasy focus podcast, which I believe is Matthew Berry and field Yates. Correct. Yeah, Stefania Bell and then Daniel Dopp is their producer. He does a lot yes. of on-screen work now too. And so there's a lot, a lot of different contributors. This one was Daniel Dopp and Mike Clay, who does all their okay. projections. So uh, he is a busy man. He knows these players a lot more than a lot of us do. So, uh, but yeah, and then they had a guest on. I don't remember uh, who it was specifically, but uh, kind of a best ball specialist. And they went through from start to finish how to, how to, deal with a best ball league and and it was really neat because well we were on this topic i kind of wanted to ask you since we're just kind of talking you know how what we like about our fantasy drafts our fantasy leagues who do you go to in terms of like national pundits for fantasy football like who's like your favorite expert or maybe your favorite website to get advice from like what are who are those guys that you enjoy listening to the most in you know the national realm so there's, there's this guy uh, with uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. His name is Andrew Wilbar. He's a fantastic resource whenever he wow. puts stuff up. But yeah. So, uh, you know, just throwing that out there in case in case we were uh, kind of at odds from the whole uh, splitting of oh, okay. uh, leagues. Yeah, discussion, yeah. You know, I forgive stuff. you for any past things that you did me, even though I can't think of any other than that. <laughs> other than that, you're an Ohio State fan. Um, so I'll forgive you for that for now. So. Okay, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I like uh, the, the ESPN guys uh, i think i like them a lot because espn's default right now is ppr and that's my favorite uh format to play is ppr leagues and so i i go to them a lot during the season their podcast their resources um but then there there's a uh the or the the fantasy footballers podcast do you know yes know them they're they're a lot of fun and uh they often provide really good information. So those are probably my two main sources outside of just comparing the different, um, the different formats and, and host sites and how they have players ranked and, and whatnot. I enjoy the, um, the start and sit lists from NFL.com as well. Uh, those are a lot of fun to read. What's funny when you mentioned the fantasy headliners, I have a friend at college who's a huge fantasy guy. Uh, he, reached out to me at, toward the end of the school year. It was probably only a couple of weeks left in the school year. It was like right after the NFL draft took place. And he was listening to one of their podcasts and he was saying that apparently their listeners, they were giving them an opportunity. They had one full-time position open Oh wow! Uh, that they were, that they, you know, were li- willing to listen to, you know, anyone who thought they could, you know, have that job, you know, as a fantasy football expert. So he was reaching, he reached out to me at school one day and he's like, you know, dude, you need to try out for this job and stuff that they're <laughs> doing at the fantasy is see footballers. I'm like, 
no, dude, I'm not going to. I because I think it's like a full time position. I'm like, I, right. I don't, I do not have the time for that during college. I'm sure I, if I have a preference between NFL draft and fantasy draft, I'd probably still choose NFL draft. Sure. Um, but yeah, the fantasy footballers, the fantasy headliners on YouTube, they they have grown a lot, and I have listened to them more and more the past couple of years. They have helped me a lot in my drafts. Um, Jake and Kyle over there. It would be awesome if we could get one of them on the show. We need to try and get one oh, of them yeah, out. Absolutely. Maybe those of you that are out on Twitter right now, maybe just, you know, put out a hashtag, come on, the Steelers fix, and then, you know, at Kyle or at Jake. I don't know what their Twitter handles are. I should have looked that up beforehand. Uh, but maybe reach out to them, tell them they need to come on the show, and maybe we can get them on at some point in the future. Um, yeah, Michael Fabiano. What's that? Oh, yeah. I said straighten us out. Get us all, Get us on the right page here. Oh yeah. Michael Fabiano was the other guy I was yes. going to mention who I used to love. I used to love it when they had Matt money, Smith, Michael Fabiano. And then yeah. they kind of had like Marcus Grant, Adam rank is kind of the back guys on NFL, on NFL networks, fantasy show. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch it that often, but they were the best fantasy guys. Then now I do not care for NFL.com's guys at all. Adam rank. I, I mean, I don't want to be a pessimist on anyone, but it seems like a lot of his is just kind of copying or going kind of basic off just the matchup without diving sure. super deep into it. Fabiano. I just love the way he broke things down. He always seemed to have a lot of success with his fantasy teams, his strategies. Um, are you familiar at all with Fabiano? Yeah. Good old fabs. He was, he was one of my favorites at NFL.com. I think, yeah, when he, I think he left to do his own thing, right? He's doing his own fantasy football. He's, stuff with, now. he's with sports illustrated. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, when he left NFL.com, that's when I, um, kind of moved on over to ESPN more for my daily fantasy needs, if you will. And uh, really enjoy Matthew Barry. He's, he's hilarious. And uh, field Yates though is such an intellectual uh, <laughs> guy and they pair really well together. And then the injury stuff that you get from Stefania Bell is, is really helpful as well. So I think they're just the best mix of, of good information, um, fun to listen to. And then, um, you know, help actually helping you uh, put together your best roster on a weekly basis. We could honestly do a whole show. on just power ranking the national fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to do that some week when we can't think of anything else to do. It's just, there's so much to talk about in so little time. Right. But speaking of time, we've got to get on with the show, but first we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. Cause when we come back, Jeremy and I are going to discuss with you our favorite fantasy draft strategies and telling you which popular draft strategies you should consider taking on as your own strategy in 2022. We'll get to that and that much more on Steelers Fix. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix podcast. Andrew Wilbar, along with Jeremy Betts, as always. Jeremy, we are going to get into some fantasy draft strategies. There are numerous strategies that you can use when you're drafting your team. But I want to kind of pick your brain and see, you know, what things you like to do and how you like to assemble your roster as the draft unfolds. And the first one is one that, I've got to be perfectly honest. I do not understand how this 
how anyone <laughs> has success with the strategy. Right. Because it doesn't make sense. But even a couple of years ago, there was someone in my league who didn't draft a running back until like round five in a non PPR league. And he comes out and makes the playoffs. And he, I think he may have even made the championship game makes absolutely zero sense. But Jeremy, yeah. am I missing something with this zero running back strategy? So um, I haven't really employed it that much. There was there was a time uh, in a league where it was a standard. No, I think it was a PPR league, actually. And, and what happened was I was picking in the latter portion of the first round, 12 team league and the top running backs just went so fast. And so I had like Antonio Brown, who um, was at the height of his powers, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. And I, he was available with the 10th overall pick and there weren't any really good running backs left. So I went with Antonio Brown in the first round and it kind of snowballed from there. And I went wide receiver again in the second round. I actually took, um, uh, upper tier tight end in round three. I took a, a quarterback in one of the top five or six rounds and I didn't get to running back until like round seven. And I ended up getting a couple guys um, that were kind of mid tier starters, but had some upside uh, in case um, in case the offense ended up running through them a little bit more. You know, it, when you look at rosters ahead of time, you can take a look at teams like the San Francisco 49ers that maybe Elijah Mitchell's not just for a, a right now comparison, maybe he's not an upper tier running back right now, but you know that this guy every week has a chance to just be fed the ball over and over and over in this type of offense. So, you know, selecting a couple guys like that in the middle rounds, late middle rounds um, as well, just to give yourself something to fill those slots, obviously, but then you've got a team that's totally stacked at the wide receiver position. Uh, typically you've got a really good quarterback, a really good tight end at this point. And you're just hoping and banking on the fact that those guys elite production on a weekly basis is going to put you over the top and replace that running back production, which can be hit or miss uh, even for some of the better ones. So I think injuries worked out my way um, that year as well. And I ended up making the playoffs, but it was, it's more of a, of a luck versus a, uh, for me that year. Anyway, it was more of a luck thing than, Hey, this is what I'm going to do, but you kind of just had to play the field with it. I don't necessarily like going into a draft with the thought I'm going to go zero running back. And that typically means you're going to ignore it in the premium rounds, at least the first three rounds, maybe even uh, beyond that as well. Um, but you got to play your cards, right? If you're going to do that, you better be getting elite, elite wide receiver talent. You better be getting a, a top tier tight end and quarterback in your, in your room. Otherwise it's just not going to work out. You're going to end up not having a good overall roster and uh, the running backs that you pick later on, they're going to have to be high upside guys. I think of a guy like Tony Pollard this year could kind of fall into that category Mm -hmm. as a mid round running back pick where if Elliot struggles or is injured um, Pollard has the juice and the uh, reputation now in Dallas as a guy who could take over that backfield and you could see that happen. So if you're going to go zero running back, you're going to load up on these wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks early, uh, go for guys like Tony Pollard, go for guys really late, like Alexander Madison, where if the starter goes down, you know that they're going to be 20 point per week type players. You got to get lucky with a little bit of it, but it can pay off. If you, if you do have a, a good 
bit of wide receivers. Not necessarily one I recommend, but if you end up in a position where you've had to play it by ear and you've had to go wide receiver early, uh, you can still make it work. Don't panic, but it is harder to, to get it done. I was just thinking at how blessed Memphis fans should be with some of the running backs they've had. I mean, t- you mentioned mm-hmm. Tony Pollard because he wasn't even the starter at Memphis. He was more of the kick return guy. Daryl Henderson was the starting running yes. back at the time. And not long after those two, they had Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell who came yeah. through there. Right. I mean, their backfields have been loaded in recent years. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, they have had some success. Um, and it's kind of gone unheralded, like a lot of non-Power 5 teams that have success. Uh, but yeah, they've had some really good running backs, but I do not want Tony Pollard as my RB one or really even my RB two. Um, I'm gonna, I, I just cannot get around, especially a guy like me who prefers non PPR. I'm still the old traditionalist type, uh, who doesn't like the change. Yeah. I I'm okay with the non PPR, but that means I got to go running back heavy early on. Sure. Uh, just cause I mean, Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, Christian McCaffrey, those two guys, if they're healthy, they're guaranteed a lot of work. But after that, I mean, okay, you have Najee Harris. I know Steelers are talking about decreasing his workload. I'm not super concerned about that. Um, yeah, and then Mike you have Tomlin Derek then came back on the pivot, and he's like, he's going to be our bell cow. He needs to be our bell cow. And so mixed yeah, messages I, out of Pittsburgh on that. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Derrick Henry uh, with the Titans, uh, of course, if he's healthy, he's Derrick Henry. But after that, I mean, Austin Eckler, they brought in C.J. Spiller. You know, do you, I mean, I do I, I want to spend a high pick on him? Like, I don't think he's going to fall to where I'm picking in my main league at ninth overall. But even if he did, is he worth it? I mean, is Isaiah Spiller going to eat in those carries? I mean, I don't get a point for each reception Eckler gets. And then right. have guys like Dalvin Cook. You know, he's a workhorse, but we know he has the injuries. He's not as young as he once was. Yep. And Alexander Madison is still there and is very competent back. And I believe they added another running back. They also have Kenan Wanglu, uh, who is a late round pick last year, who showed some promise. Um, Alvin Kamara, they brought back Mark Ingram, even though he's older. You know, there's so many unknowns once you go down the list. I mean, you got Joe Mixon, James yep. Conner. I don't know how long he's going to be the workhorse back for them. We know that he has had some durability concerns as well. And Javante there's been a lot of good talk about Eno Benjamin over there in Arizona being a really good compliment, kind of taking that Chase Edmonds role last year and being See, a... That's being interesting a because I've been stashing Keontae Ingram um, oh. because I think he has the potential to really eat into Connor's workload, but I think Ingram's more the three-down three, three down back type, whereas sure. Benjamin, he could get immediate production uh, right. uh, just based on his value as a receiver. But there's the frustrating part is that there's so many teams that have two running backs that they could be on other teams. If they were just going to get a bigger workload, they could be dominant. I mean, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon come to mind. Um, We know that Melvin Gordon is a solid running back. And we know that Javante Williams, if he ever gets a chance to be the workhorse back, could be a top five running back in fantasy football. Absolutely. There's several teams that are like that. I mean, the Bears, they brought in a running back, I believe, this year as well. Was it Brian Robinson? Or was that the... Robinson went to Washington. Went to Washington. I know that they have Khalil Herbert still there. And yeah. I believe they brought maybe was it they didn't bring in Kyron Williams. No, that was some other that was somebody else. But they yeah, I'm they not have, I'm not recalling for them. Well, they have depth. Yeah. Um, 
and I know Khalil Herbert, they do have there who showed a ton of promise last year. And David Montgomery is there. You could just go down the list. You already mentioned Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. That's the frustrating part because you have to figure out how much are these backups, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, how much are they going to eat into the starters workload? And that's what limits their ceiling in fantasy. And it's so frustrating as a fantasy owner because it's like, right. what do I do? Yeah. Uh, especially in non-PPR leagues. But I still, I try to go at least two running backs in the first three rounds. A lot of times I go round one, yep. round two, and then even round four, I like going to RB heavy. I'm totally fine with having three running backs in that first four rounds, especially in non-PPR, but really even in PPR, if you can find guys that you think are going to get a full workload. Those are the guys with the safest floors. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, wide receiver right now is the deepest it's ever been for fantasy purposes. And uh, you can wait. Uh, you can get, I mean, I'm not necessarily peachy about it uh thrilled about it but i could get deontay johnson as my wide receiver one in round three or four in some leagues and you know that's that's a pretty decent pick i mean i i feel like he's a guy that has a pretty high floor uh based on his usage in the past at least so um so yeah i mean you've got you've got guys like that chris godwin could have a bounce back year he's his adp is way low right now um off the injury and that's going to be one of the most pass happy offenses in the league. Uh, so uh, even guys like uh, Russell Gage, that's going to be the third guy there. He's going to have more value than some wide receiver twos in other offenses, just based on the passing usage and uh, Gabe Davis in in uh, Buffalo. I mean, yep. guys like that, you can, if you can live with those guys as wide receiver two or flex guys. Uh, but for me, what I can't live with is well, having Angel- the age-old question with wide receiver is do you go based off the volume they could potentially get or do you look at it from a perspective of, hey, there's not a whole lot of other mouths to feed there, but that means that the defense is going to focus more attention on them and double, triple team them. Like, How do you decipher that as a fantasy manager? For me, it's all about opportunity. And I think that you, if you're going to draft a guy – based on the opportunity he has, I think the the risk that comes with that is also, Hey, this is what the defense is going to key on. Like you're saying, but it, when you're drafting, you're, you're drafting, hoping to be successful, right? You're not drafting uh, tentatively necessarily. Um, like if I go and draft Saquon Barkley this year in round three, it's because I think I'm getting a, a potential RB one in, in round three. Um, you know, if, if I avoid him, it's because I, I've decided that that's too risky for me and I'm going to go a different direction. So um, I'm always drafting for opportunity and for success baked in, uh, you know, with, with the hope that that happens. So in that case, to me, like Najee Harris is a good example this year. Defenses are going to key on the run in Pittsburgh. They know that Najee Harris is going to be the feature of the offense, but I'm going to ride with Najee Harris because I think his workload is going to be uh, – going to provide him the opportunity to have a lot of touches score touchdowns and just be a top tier running back so i'm riding with the opportunity over the potential uh, disruptions that it might cause uh for defenses keying in on that type of player well before we get going there's a couple others i want to get to real quickly jeremy the first one is one that you mentioned about tight end yeah going early for a tight end or going late what is your strategy I think uh, in in some years, depending on how I have done in the first two or three rounds, 
So say I do go running back heavy in um, the first couple rounds. If I take two running backs and I don't have a like a, a clear cut top tier wide receiver on my roster, then I will be more inclined to look at a a top tier tight end like a Mark Andrews or a um, Travis Kelsey or Kyle Pitts even in in round three and four because. Uh, when you have a consistent, uh, tight end, that's bringing in wide receiver one type numbers, it's, it's like, it's like having that wide receiver one in your tight end spot. And then you can fill in some of these deeper, uh, wide receivers in around that and still have like maybe a a one B wide receiver, uh, in your, in your, in your wide receiver one slot. And then a wide receiver two in there. So I like the value that it brings there. But if I do have, um, if, if the draft shakes out for me to where I've got uh, two really good running backs, and then I've got one really good wide receiver that I know is going to uh, be a very consistent wide receiver one for me, then oftentimes I'll wait. I'll wait for a guy like Pat Fryermuth or uh, Mike Gesicki uh, or, uh, you know, somebody down the line a little bit further where ADP is uh, provides a little more value. So a guy that's still probably going to be a top 10 or so tight end um, at that, you know, scoring from that position, uh, but maybe not somebody that you want to spend a higher pick on. Yeah. At it tight end. I can understand the philosophy of going for one early on because there's so few that are elite, but I've actually had success going really, really late at tight end, like literally not drafting one, like literally drafting a kicker in defense before I even go tight end. Wow. Yeah. And back in 2019, I believe it was the year that Mark Andrews broke out. I took him in the 16th round in just about all my leagues. He would have been the league winner for me if I actually won the league. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but he was fantastic for me that year. And then uh, 2020, Johnu Smith uh, for the but uh, was very good for me. I did the same philosophy that year. Didn't really draft one at all early on and just took one later right. who I thought was going to break out. And he did to an extent uh, enough to get him a big size contract this year. I mean, you're looking at guys, maybe David Njoku, he's tight end 15 on ESPN getting drafted, you know, 13th, 14th round. Sure. Uh, with uh, Now that you have Austin Hooper gone, I know Harrison Bryant's still there. Good opportunity. We'll see who the quarterback is. Logan Thomas, Carson Wentz. Loves throwing to the tight end now in right. in Washington. Cole Komet, we already talked about. There's some guys in the later rounds again this year that I think could rise up. I'm not quite as confident as I was with Mark Andrews, per se. Sure. But if you can get another guy like a Pat Fryermuth, maybe the 10th or 11th round, and then come back and get one of those guys, sure. I'll be confident in that. Oh, real absolutely. Quick, yeah. Real quickly before we go, early quarterback or late quarterback? I'm a late quarterback guy. I think you can get a a quarterback in rounds eight, nine, 10, 11, uh, 12, sometimes uh, that provide you with plenty enough production to where you're spending the more valuable picks on guys that have more value historically from a fantasy perspective, your, your running backs and your wide receivers. So personally, I, I go, I'd go for a guy like Kirk cousins in round 13, round 12 over, Josh Allen in round four or five, which is way too high for a quarterback uh, in standard leagues. Now, once you get into like two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, that changes the value of quarterback. That's why I like those leagues sometimes is that it adds more value to the quarterback position because you need more of them on your roster. 
And so, um, you know, that changes the ball game a little bit. I'm more inclined to look at an elite quarterback early than uh, I am in a standard one quarterback redraft league where I would just take, uh, I would take players that I liked at running back wide receiver uh, until I got to a point where I just, I don't really like these guys uh, that much in this one. Let's see what quarterbacks are available. And if that's round seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, then I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, me and my affection for Patrick Mahomes. So if he's there in the third round in normal 10 team or 12 team uh-huh. leagues, I generally take him. But generally, there's somebody in a league that size that is going to take him way too early, um, right. earlier than the third round. So I don't generally have a chance to get him anyways. But if he's there, I take him. If not, I generally wait. Um, this year, there's some good value with a guy like a Joe Burrow in the eighth or ninth round. Sure. Uh, he's falling sometimes that far. Um, I wouldn't mind him there. Uh, but then after that, yeah, there's always good depth. There's so many guys that could potentially break out. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. There's so many guys we could get to. Yeah. Um, when but- you got to watch if there's a run on quarterbacks, is it better to go ahead and take one before they all go away? Or is it better to sit and watch while everybody else takes these quarterbacks and load up on Brandon Cooks and, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle and guys like that, you know, while – right. Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson are going off the board and you're like, and eh, Kirk Cousins sounds pretty good to me if I can get one of these guys instead. Yeah, I think a lot of that just has to do with how confident you are in your sleeper at quarterback, whoever that may be. Um, but Jeremy, is there any other strategy you wanted to go over before we get out of here? Yeah, just real quick. I wanted to talk about one. I, I don't know if there's like an actual name out there for it, but I've always called it priority BPA. So like a a priority best player available. And basically you go, when you draft, you, you start with the position that's most valuable in your opinion. So like for me, that would be running back and I'll draft a running back in, in round one. And then I go to uh, the second most valuable position to me and I'll draft the best player available at that position in round two and so on and so forth until it becomes um, irresponsible to, to continue that. But so like for the first, uh, the first three or four rounds, you know, uh, if I, if I really like, um, if I, if I'm getting to a point where, you know, I'm the top guy, my wide receiver one, my running back one, my QB one and my tight end one are all near the at or near the top of their respective position group that I like that type of look. Um, you know, so if I go into, if I go into the start of a league with, uh, Christian McCaffrey as my RB one, uh, Devonte Adams as my wide receiver one, and um, let's see, Travis Kelsey as my tight end one, and then a a guy like Josh Allen as my QB one. Those four players in the first four rounds, you know that that makes a lot of sense because they're the top available at their position, and they're going to provide me weekly stability and a floor that I can work off of. So I like that to a point, but you gotta, you gotta do it and and watch the board and not be crazy with it. You don't want to be drafting a, the best kicker available in round seven. You know what I mean? So just, just, you know, keep in mind that that's something you can do in the early rounds. If you really want to get a top tier uh, talent at each of those main starting positions. I remember when the Broncos were the best defense Super Bowl when they had Von Miller and, all those guys. I think I took right. them once in like the sixth round. Um, so yeah, that was that's that probably, the highest, that probably the <laughs> highest I ever took a defense. I think I've sure. taken a kicker in like 
Um, but that's probably the highest for kicker. Yeah. That was the other thing I wanted to get to. We don't have time to get into it today, but maybe we can get in another week. How early do you, are you willing to draft a kicker? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Different. Give folks your Twitter handle, anything you want to plug for the website. So, um, you can follow me at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three, uh, still doing the roster review articles. Uh, got two more of those left. Uh, you've probably, well, by the time you've heard this, you've probably seen the uh, cornerbacks roster review, and then we'll be doing safeties, uh, later this week. So keep an eye on for those. And then we'll see, uh, what we'll go, well, where we'll go after that, but always, as always stick with behind the steel curtain.com for, all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. You can follow me at Andrew underscore Wilbar. That's at Andrew underscore Wilbar and B com. Your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And be sure to check out all these great BTSC podcasts, not just ours, but quality content coming at you each and every day. That's going to do it all for today. He's Jeremy Betts. I'm Andrew Wilbar. We'll see you next week on the Steelers.